Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Wonderful day here at the cafe. Nice and sunny outside. Amen. Beautiful day to be studying God's word, studying the creator of all this beauty. Amen. You ever see a wonderful day, a beautiful day, and you say, wow, this is really nice. Well, guess who made it? God made it. Amen. And he's a loving God and a kind God. And as we see his ways in our life or his influence in our life, we certainly should give him praise. Here we are in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, and we're on verse 5. And last episode, we spoke on verse 4 about how God makes things in order and how we see that it made sense the way that he first created the heavens and the earth, and then he created the light and the darkness. Uh, then he created uh, the, uh, the dry land out of the water. He separated the waters. He created all these things in a certain order, working his way down through creation. Amen. And we see he did that in a seven-day period, really six-day period, the seventh day he rested. And that that order should also have us thinking about, like, why we should go to church. Well, that's how God would have it. We are the church. We aren't to forsake the assembling together. We looked at the idea that you could go to a church in a far-flung place and feel right at home because of the Holy Spirit living within you. Which you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the big deal about that is that, number one, if you have the Holy Spirit, then that's how you know you're saved. Uh, But number two, that's not coincidental. I mean, again, when you see uh, the formats of churches and you see how the Spirit leads and guides, things are so purpose-driven. God has a plan he's working out in his local church, uh, and he also has a plan that he's working out in you. And so as we look and see the order uh, in which God does things, it's very important. I'll give you this little tidbit and we'll move right along to um, verse 5 here, Genesis 2. Today we were uh, up at an activity way up um, in Cornelius, North Carolina, just a little north of Charlotte. And we drove on the way home, the back roads, the way home, drove right through Lincolnton, where our little church building was. We were in Krauss for a year, in Lincolnton two years, and finally in Kings Mountain one. And those two years in Lincolnton uh, were good years, um, I think, for the ministry. And as we drove through Lincolnton and see, you know, the old church building, which is now occupied by a store, you see, you know, this new business come up or this familiar place, I wondered... Yeah, I still can't quite figure out what God had, was doing in that time or what he's doing now, you know? That's the mystery of God. You can't quite know, but I know that he had some plan for us to be there for that season. And I knew when it was time to go, because the Lord had burned my heart when it was time to go, and uh, so on and so forth. But man, it you know, God was up to something there uh, for that season, just like he's up to something now. And so we can wonder, but the main point is to have faith, and to trust that God has a plan, and his plan is always a good plan. It's never a bad plan if it's God's plan, amen? Even if it can look frightening to us, it's never, ever a bad plan if it's God's plan, because number one, God's sovereign and all, all-knowing, and he created everything, so he's got the best plan. Uh, number two, Romans eight twenty eight tells us everything works 
for good for those, for the believers, for those that love the Lord, those that are called according to his purpose. So we know God's plans are good. And here we have uh, a more proof, if you will, more evidence, more information about God's sovereignty and his power. And every plant of the field, this is verse five of Genesis two. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no, not a man to till the ground. So Genesis two, five tells us that God knew these things. The Lord made the earth and the heavens. He also made these plants. He made these herbs. He made these things and he knew them before they grew. Why? Because he was the one that had to supply. And we'll learn in the next uh, episode about how he was watering these plants. But just for now, let's think about, uh, you know, God knew before the creation existed, he knew what it was and he was able to implement it without what we think we would need to implement. Our kids have a little gardening kit in a box. Apparently they're going to grow a little watermelon. I don't know. <laughs> Probably just grow some weeds out there, but we can try. Uh, well, if we don't, follow those instructions, right? If we don't follow practices that a gardener must practice in order to, to yield some kind of fruit, uh, chances are it, it may not work out too well. And, and that's the in, interesting thing about us versus God, where what we can't do, God can do. And while we can't kind of bend the rules of nature, God can do as he pleases. And we're going to talk about that both on a large scale and on a personal scale when we come back from this break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right. Thanks for hanging in there with us. So you know what? Here's a question for you. Does God need you to do anything for his will to be done? Does the Lord Jesus Christ need you to do anything for his will to be done? And here's the answer. I think the Bible tells us this. No, God doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. Uh, You know, if let's say God had a plan for me to preach here on this podcast or radio program, wherever you listen to it online, so that somebody could come to know him. Well, if I mess up or if I, you know, am not around for some reason, could he not just have another person play the role of the witness? I'm sure he could. He's sovereign. He's God. And that is kind of the idea here uh, in Genesis 2, verse 5, that every plant of the field and every herb of the field, before it was in the earth, before it grew, the Lord knew those plants. He knew those herbs. And guess what? He tended to them himself because there was no rain upon the earth and there was no one to till the ground, right? We think of the Garden of Eden, how wonderful it was and how great it was and how all the food and everything you'd ever need was there. But yet, I don't think Adam, and I don't know, but I don't think Adam and Eve had to work too hard to to obtain their their food, their substance and so forth. Uh, It was there. It was already growing. God did it. Amen. And so we see here this principle, and I'll give you a little preview of next episode, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Okay. So we're going to get to verse six next episode, but the idea is that that mist, God created a way to water the ground because there wasn't rain at that time. So he created a way to water the ground. That's not hard for God. He can do anything. And how does that apply to 
what we're learning here in the scripture. It applies to the fact that God is sovereign and we are nothing. And again, in a couple of verses, a couple of episodes from now, we'll talk about how we're from the dust. We'll really get into the, the dirt. We'll really get into the idea that we're nothing. But, you know, we, we think that there is something we have to do in order to achieve something, some kind of curry favor with God or to do something for God. And yet we're, when we read the scripture, we're reminded that he's fully sovereign. And so his will is being done right now, even though things look totally out of sorts. And you say, well, how could that be? Well, I mean, look throughout scripture. If you look at some of the, uh, um, you know, let's say you were in the time, the Exodus account, and you're there and Pharaoh's not letting the Israelites go. And God is working all these curses out uh, and, and Pharaoh's not letting him go. If you were in the midst of that, you say, well, you know, Pharaoh won't let him go. And, you know, it's. The whole river's bloody red, can't drink of it, you know, or whatever it is, the, the, the problems are getting worse and worse. You may think that God is letting things slide and tomorrow isn't, you know, already ordained or worked out. But God had a plan to show Pharaoh who he was. Does that make sense? God wanted to show Pharaoh, you know, hey, I'm going to show you that I'm God and, and I'm all powerful. And guess what? He had a plan. He knew, you know, uh, what, 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 how long this would go on for. Amen. And guess what? Pharaoh is going to have to deal with it and he's going to, you know, harden his heart, right? He's going to harden his heart. It's, it's in the Bible. I'm, I'm looking for the verse here. Romans nine seventeen. for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this purpose, have I raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. And so if you were living at that time, you may not have thought that. If you were an Israelite, you might have been like, this is getting crazy. You know, the Lord is, is, is offering all of these curses on Egypt, right? And, and, and what's going to happen? And, and they're not relenting and they're not letting us go. And, you know, are we ever going to get out of this? But looking back in hindsight, we see that God had a plan. And that plan was what? He, it was to show his power. Amen. It was to show his power. It was to show who is the real living God. And that sovereignty came through. Amen. And there's so many other examples of that throughout the Bible. But going back to our verse that God knew, knew these plants and he had to deal with these plants and these herbs in a way that we, we couldn't do because we weren't here yet. Amen. There was nobody to till the ground. Well, guess what? No problem for God. That's no problem for him. Amen. And so here we have this principle that we'll look at briefly here. And we'll get to as well in the next episode that God doesn't need us, but we need him. Right? So if we start with that principle, what position does that put us in? The position of a beggar, the position of a poor man, the position of someone that should not have pride. And that is why I believe in part that when the Bible speaks to how God hates a proud look, how pride is an abomination to God, amen? Uh, some people will say that pride is literally the worst sin in the world. I've seen uh, in the Bible, wicked, wicked rulers act awful and God allows them to live and then they act proud and that's when he takes them out, amen? Pride is horrible to God and partly because he is sovereign. And so if we think we're somebody, we are now undermining his sovereignty. And conversely, if we think we're nobody, then we can have some relationship with God because we've realized 
We've humbled ourselves, amen. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Beatitudes in Matthew speaks of uh, being, you know, blessed are they with a, a broken uh, heart, a broken, contrite spirit, amen. Those, you know, you would think, well, why are they blessed? Because they know their need for God. Uh, Jesus also reprimands the Pharisees and the scribes saying, you know, you, you think you can see, but you're blind. And if you knew you were blind, you'd be way better off, but you think you can see something to that extent, because he's saying, you guys think you haven't figured out. You think that I've somehow anointed you to make up a bunch of rules to lay a heavy burden on my people for no reason. And that you should just sit there fat and happy, but you haven't figured it out. You are living in unbelief. You are not seeking me. You, I'm right in front of your face. I mean, Jesus was right in front of their face at that time, and they didn't want anything to do with him. They wanted to kill him. They hated him. And so we must have a spirit about us to understand it's God that watereth the plants. Amen. Like you say, no, I turned on my garden hose, brother Clark, and I watered the plants. No, God gave you a heartbeat. He gave you feet to walk out there. He gave you hands to pick up the hose. He gave the person that invented the hose, the idea to invent the hose. He gave the person that developed the water and aqueduct and uh, whatever other system you have to obtain that water, the well, et cetera. God, God did all that. Yes, he can use people, but he's sovereign. He doesn't have to. So when we start thinking that we have some kind of power in this world beyond God, we have gone too far and we're treading on very, very dangerous ground. This should compel us, this idea should compel us to seek God with all our hearts and souls and minds, as the Bible calls us to, and to not play games with God, to not think that God is just afar off and isn't near. As Paul writes, even though uh, the people on Mars Hill, the, the great ancient scholars, they they said, oh, you know, this unknown God, you think he's far off, but he's really near. near. Paul, Paul writes that because it's true. God is near, even if people want to think he's far off and he's sovereign and he doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. Now he loves us. He loves us so much. He gave us Jesus on the cross at Calvary so that we could be saved. His only begotten, his beloved Jesus. Christ loves us so much that he died for us willingly and obediently to the father. And so we have a loving heavenly father. We have a loving savior in Jesus Christ. When you get saved, you get the Holy Ghost. And that's the third part of the Trinity. We have a loving comforter within us. But we should never, ever get the idea that there's some kind of order that's fallen out of step by man or that there's some kind of order that needs to be put into step by man that God can't handle on his own through his will. And so that's something we're going to pick up on tomorrow as well as we get to the idea of how God took care of these plants before man came along. So make sure you stay tuned in or tune in for that, I should say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.